and welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on God Smiles Upon Us. He doesn't miss a single move you make. The Bible tells us the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every human activity except sin can be done for God's pleasure if you do it with an attitude of praise. One phrase of that blessing has always stood out for me. The Lord make his face shine on you from number 625. What does it mean that God's face shines on you? It simply means that he looks on you favorably. When God looks at you, he smiles. Since pleasing God is the first purpose of your life, your most important task is to discover how to do that. The Bible says, figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Fortunately, the Bible gives us a clear example of a life that gives pleasure to God. In Noah's day, the entire world had become morally bankrupt. Everyone lived for their own pleasure, not God's. God couldn't find anyone on earth interested in pleasing him, so he was grieved and regretted making man. God became so disgusted with the human race that he considered wiping it out. But there was one man who made God smile. The Bible says Noah was a pleasure to the Lord. Because Noah brought pleasure to God, you and I are alive today. From his life, we can learn of five acts of worship that make God smile. And the first act is God smiles when we love him supremely. Noah loved God more than anything else in the world, even when no one else did. The Bible tells us that for his entire life, Noah consistently followed God's will and enjoyed a close relationship with him. God says, I don't want your sacrifices, I want your love. I don't want your offerings, I want you to know me. Jesus called it the greatest commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second act is God smiles when we trust him completely. The second reason Noah pleased God was that he trusted God, even when it didn't make sense. The Bible says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. There were three problems that could have caused Noah to doubt. First, Noah had never seen rain because prior to the flood, God irrigated the earth from the ground up. Second, Noah lived hundreds of miles from the nearest ocean. Even if he could learn to build a ship, how would he get it to the water? And third, there was the problem of rounding up all the animals and caring for them. Manoah didn't complain or make excuses. He trusted God completely, and that made God smile. Trusting God completely means having faith that he knows what is best for your life. You expect him to keep his promises, help you with problems, and do the impossible when necessary. The Bible says he takes pleasure in those that honor him, and those who trust in his constant love. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. I imagine he faced many discouraging days with no sign of rain year after year. He was ruthlessly criticized as a crazy man who thinks God speaks to him. I imagine Noah's children were often embarrassed by the giant ship being built in their front yard. Yet Noah kept on trusting God. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. And the third act is God smiles when we obey him wholeheartedly. Everything had to be done just as God prescribed it. God didn't say, build any old boat you'd like. 
He gave every detailed instruction to size, shape, and materials of the ark, as well as the different numbers of animals to be brought on board. The Bible tells us Noah's response was to do exactly as God has commanded him. Trusting God completely means having faith that he knows what is best for your life. Notice that Noah obeyed completely. No instruction was overlooked. And he obeyed exactly in the way and time God wanted it done. That is wholeheartedness. It is not, no wonder God smiled on Noah. If God asked you to build a giant boat, don't you think you might have a few questions, objections, or reservations? Noah didn't. He obeyed God wholeheartedly. That means doing whatever God asks without reservation or hesitation. You don't procrastinate and say, I'll pray about it. You do it without delay. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. God doesn't owe you an explanation or reason for everything he asks you to do. Understanding can wait, but obedience can't. Instant obedience will teach you more about God than a lifetime of Bible discussion. In fact, you will never understand some commands until you obey them first. Obedience unlocks understanding. Often we try to offer God partial obedience. We want to pick and choose the commands we obey. We make a list of commands we like and obey those while ignoring the ones we think are unreasonable, difficult, expensive, or unpopular. I'll attend church, but I won't tithe. I'll read my Bible, but I won't forgive the person who hurt me. Yet partial obedience is disobedience. Wholehearted obedience is done joyfully, with enthusiasm. The Bible says, Obey him gladly. This is the attitude of David. Just tell me what to do, and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey. James, speaking to Christians, said, We please God by what we do, and not only by what we believe. Why is obedience so pleasing to God? Because it proves you really love him. Jesus said, If you love me... You will obey my commandments. In the fourth act, God smiles when we praise and thank him continually. Noah's life brought pleasure to God because he lived with a heart of praise and thanksgiving. Noah's first act after surviving the flood was to express his thanks to God by offering a sacrifice. The Bible says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings on it. David said, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord. An amazing thing happens when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy. And the fifth act is God smiles when we use our abilities. You may feel that the only time God is pleased with you is when you're doing spiritual activities like reading the Bible, attending church, praying, or sharing your faith. And you may think God is unconcerned about the other parts of your life. Actually, God enjoys watching every detail of your life, whether you are working, playing, resting, or eating. He doesn't miss a single move you make. The Bible tells us the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every human activity except sin can be done for God's pleasure, if you do it with the attitude of praise. You can wash dishes, repair a machine, sell a product, write a computer program, grow a crop, and raise a family for the glory of God. Like a proud parent, God especially enjoys watching you use the talents and abilities He has given you. God intentionally gifted us differently for His enjoyment. He has made some to be athletic and some to be analytical. You may be gifted at 
mechanics or mathematics or music or a thousand other skills. All these abilities can bring a smile to God's face. The Bible says he has shaped each person in turn. Now he watches everything we do. You don't bring glory or pleasure to God by hiding your abilities or by trying to be someone else. You only bring his enjoyment by being you. Anytime you reject any part of yourself, you are rejecting God's wisdom and sovereignty in creating you. God says you have no right to argue with your creator. You are merely a clay pot shaped by the potter. The clay doesn't ask, why did you make me this way? Parents do not require their children to be perfect or even mature in order to enjoy them. They enjoy them at every stage of development. In the same way, God doesn't wait for you to reach maturity before he starts liking you. He loves and enjoys you at every stage of your spiritual development. You may have had unpleasable teachers or parents as you were growing up. Please don't assume God feels that way about you. He knows you are incapable of being perfect or sinless. The Bible says he certainly knows what we are made of. He bears in mind that we are dust. What God looks at is attitude of your heart. Is pleasing him your deepest desire? This was Paul's life goal. More than anything else, however, we want to please him, whether in our home, here or there. When you live in the light of eternity, you focus changes from how much pleasure am I getting out of life to how much pleasure is God getting out of my life. God is looking for people like Noah in the 21st century, people willing to live for the pleasure of God. The Bible says the Lord looks down from the heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who are wise, who want to please God. Will you make pleasing God the goal of your life? There is nothing that God won't do for the person totally absorbed with this goal. So next I'm going to play you a song by Tommy Walker. It's called Shine On Us. And here it is. We're praying for our city. We're praying for this land We're praying for our nation Every woman, every man We're praying for revival For the lost and for the poor We're praying for our churches That your spirit be outpoured We're asking, Lord, for more Shine on us Make your face to shine on us Till all have seen and heard The glory of your word, Lord Forgiveness will run free That your peace and joy will mark us As we give our praise to Thee Oh, we're praying for our leaders 
teachers in our school. Teachers in our school. That your grace and truth will lead us. Grace and truth will lead us. Until all will bow to you. We bow our hearts to you. Oh, shine on us. Make your face to shine on us. Till all have seen and heard the glory of your word. Lord, shine on us. You said that in these last days you'd pour out your spirit on all flesh with wonders in heaven and signs on the earth below shine on us make your face to shine on us till Hey, what a great song by Tommy Walker. And you can connect with him on YouTube. You can subscribe to his channel. He's also at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. So the taping of this episode today is the 4th of July. So happy Independence Day to everyone. And from Billy Graham, he states, The July 4th commemorates the day in 1776 that our nation declared itself to be independent nation and no longer a colony of England. On that date, a number of leading citizens signed what is known as the Declaration of Independence, stating our determination to become a free country. Our independence did not come easily. Only after several difficult years of war would it finally be won. Nor were our first years as a nation free from problems and controversies, as still true today. But our forefathers were determined to establish a free and democratic system of government, and the Declaration of Independence, together with our Constitution and the Bill of Rights, became the foundation for this. They have stood the test of time, and on July 4th, we give thanks for the wisdom and faith and courage of those leaders. Although it's not a religious holiday like Christmas or Easter, for many Americans, July 4th is a time to reflect on God's goodness to us as a nation. Molded into the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, which proclaimed our independence, are these words from the Bible. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all inhabitants thereof. Out of Leviticus 25.10 Our legal system reflects our Judeo-Christian roots. 
While we look with gratitude to the past on this July 4th, may we also look in faith to the future and commit it and our lives to God and His will. The ancient words of the psalmist are still true. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord, out of Psalm 33:12. So I'd like to read a parable for the 4th of July. Once in the 1820s, a little boy called Sam was playing in the yard behind his house. During his pretend fighting game, he knocked over the outhouse. Now Sam was upset and worried that he would get into trouble, so he ran into the woods and didn't come out until after it got dark. When he arrived back at home, his pappy was waiting for him. and He asked suspiciously, Son, did you knock over the outhouse at this afternoon? No, pappy, Sam lied. Well, let me tell you a story, said the father. Once, not that long ago, Mr. Washington received a shiny new axe from his father. Excited, he tried it out on a tree, swiftly cutting it down. But as he looked at the tree with dismay, he realized it was his mother's favorite cherry tree. His pappy paused. Just like you, he ran into the woods. When he returned, his pappy asked, George, did you cut down that cherry tree? George answered with, Father, I cannot tell a lie. I did indeed chop down the tree. Then his father said, Well, since you were honest with me, you are spared from punishment. I hope you have learned your lesson, though. So Sam's father asked again, Did you knock down the outhouse? Pappy, I cannot tell a lie anymore, said the little boy. I did indeed knock down the outhouse. Then his pappy spanked Sam, red, white, and blue. The boy whimpered, Pappy, I told you the truth. Why did you spank me? Pappy answered, That's because George Washington's father wasn't in the tree when he chopped it down. And from John Adams, second U.S. president and signer of the Declaration of Independence, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. You probably missed it in the rush of news last week. There was actually a report that someone in Pakistan had published in a newspaper an offer of reward to anyone who killed an American, any American. So an Australian dentist wrote the following to let everyone know what an American is, so they would know when they found one. He said an American is English or French or Italian, Irish, German, Spanish, Polish, Russian, or Greek. An American may also be Canadian, Mexican, African, Indian, Chinese, Japanese, Australian, Iranian, Asian, or Arab, or Pakistani, or Afghan. An American may also be a Cherokee, Osage, Blackfoot, Navajo, Apache, or one of many other tribes known as Native Americans. An American is a Christian, or he or she could be Jewish, or Buddhist, or Muslim. In fact, there are more Muslims in America than in Afghanistan. The only difference is that in America they are free to worship as each of them chooses. An American is also free to believe in no religion, for that he will answer only to God, not to the government, nor to armed thugs claiming to speak for the government and for God. An American is from the most prosperous land in the history of the world. The root of that prosperity can be found in the Declaration of Independence, which recognizes the God-given right of each man and woman to the pursuit of happiness. An American is generous. Americans have helped out just about every other nation in the world in their time of need. 
When Afghanistan was overrun by Soviet army 20 years ago, Americans came with arms and supplies to enable the people to win back their country. As of the morning of September 11th, Americans had given more than any other nation to the poor in Afghanistan. Americans welcomed the best, the best products, the best books, the best music, the best food, the best athletes, but they also welcomed the least. One national symbol of America, the Statue of Liberty, welcomes your tired and your poor, the wretched refuse of your teeming shores, the homeless, tempest-tossed. These, in fact, are the people who built America. Some of them were working in the Twin Towers the morning of September 11th, earning a better life for their families. I've been told that the World Trade Center victims were from at least 30 other countries and cultures with first languages other than English, including those countries of the 9-11 terrorists. So you can try to kill an American if you must. Hitler tried, so did General Tojo, Stalin, and Mao Zedong, and every bloodthirsty tyrant in the history of the world. But doing so would be futile, because Americans are not a particular people from a particular place. They are the embodiment of the human spirit of freedom. Everyone who holds to that spirit everywhere is an American. And next I'd like to read a poem, and it's called An Independence Day Prayer by Margaret Cagle. Lord, on July 4th, we celebrate Independence Day in our nation. You give us the truth to set us free. You went and sent Jesus to die for our salvation. We thank you for the precious freedom that we have in our nation today. We know this country is not perfect, but we honor our nation, the USA. We thank you for the founding fathers who for freedom took a brave stand. Many placed their very lives in peril to start a free country in a new land. I thank you for the brave soldiers who gave their lives to keep us free. They gave us the ultimate sacrifice for freedom for Americans like me. As we shoot fireworks and celebrate with patriotic concerts and parades, we thank you for all your blessings and your great love that never fades. As we gather with our loved ones for picnics and barbecues and fun, we want to thank you for everything, especially for sending your only son. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip from Robin Williams as the American flag. And here he is. They're singing about. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the Stars and Stripes forever. Star Spangled Banner. You can call me Old Glory, but let's just keep it simple. Uh, just call me Flag. <laughs> oh, oh, say, can you see? Okay. Still <laughs> flag humor. <laughs> well, you probably don't recognize me. Say, who is that? Evil Knievel? No way. Yeah, you see, you can't recognize me because. Suit. Yes. I'm wearing the original 13 here. Yeah. I remember Miss Betsy sitting there going, Oh, this could be the start of something big. Oh. Tom, don't be a pain. Yes. I was born June 14th, 1777. That makes me a Gemini. <laughs> Yes, I like the outdoors, and I'm the life of any party, whether it be Republican, Democrat, Independent, Socialist, anything Libertarian, I'll be there. You know, I'm 204 years old. 
People say, Flag, how do you stay so young? Is it jogging? No. Is it tennis? No. It's waving. and unfurling. Richard Simmons, eat your heart out. Yeah, but it hasn't always been easy for me, though. I had a tough puberty. Yeah, war, famine, invasion. And 1861, well, I had a little skin problem that broke out into 34 stars. But now, well, little patience, and look what we got now. Look at this. Hold on here. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! All 50! Everybody's on here. Look at this. Alaska. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> we got your Tennessee. How are you doing today? Here's Vermont. You can't get there from here. Oh, and there's California. For sure, totally. Like I said before, you know, I, I had a tough time for a while. I've been in a lot of wars. They fired missiles and muskets at me, but you know, come the dawn's early light, I'm still there. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I've been made into everything from designer jeans to t-shirts, and I've even been a cape for Mick Jagger. Well, all right! The rocket's red glare, we're all right! But people haven't always been respectful to me. Sometimes it's been tough. There've been some people try and spit on me, trample me, burn me. Foreigners and occasionally some Americans too, but I don't let it get me down because I'm not a stay-at-home kind of flag. You know, I've been to Europe. I've been to both North and South Pole. I was at Iwo Jima. Recently, I've even been to the moon. of different postures. When I'm like this, that means everything is okay. When I'm upside down, well, put on your Mae West and hit the deck. <laughs> but when I'm like this, well, that's not my favorite position because, well, that's half-masked. I don't, I don't mean to bum you out. I, I didn't come here to depress you. But I gotta tell you something honestly. I haven't been getting out much lately. I guess it's not very chic to put up the flag anymore, you know. Muffin and I have a flag, but we haven't found it for very long. Hey, but look at it this way. Don't look at it as saluting me. Look at it as saluting yourselves. You know, hey, I'm just a flag, a symbol. You're the people. If I may say so from here, long may you wave. So that does bring it into our episode today, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. My closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with Him and that you embrace that path. And so next week's episode is going to be on judging others. So you can get me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. 
So I hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.